Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I promise you all a special guest. This is a Locked On NFL podcast. I am Matt Williamson, and we are joined by Chris Landry to talk draft today, as we're going to try to do every Wednesday. Chris, how is it going? Matt, I am doing well. It's uh, such a busy time of year, as you well know, with free agency around the corner and obviously draft preparation, as you and I both know, as uh, it never stops. And uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, how am I going to get it all done before April? But uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's shaping up to be a real intriguing draft. Before we talk draft, I want my listeners to learn more about you. Can you kind of give us your background, where we can find your work? For those of you that are, those of you listening that don't pay attention, you need to check out Chris's site. I mean, it is packed with information. Chris, please tell us a little bit more about what's going on there. Well, uh, LandryFootball.com is the website. We started it, uh, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago now. We thought uh, it would be a good way to take fans inside the film room, uh, as you well know, giving that insight into um, how players are evaluated and obviously giving an assessment of players, teams, coaches, schemes. That's what we try to do is take the fans inside the film room on, on the college game, on the pro game. We do it all year long. Uh, we mix in some podcasts, but we put a lot of content, film room analysis. That's our genesis of what we do. And um, we basically, uh, it, it born out of the fact that um, I started as a, as a young coach at LSU back in the 80s and work my way into the NFL, um, work on uh, Bill Belichick staff in Cleveland for a while, and then um, was fortunate enough to run the scouting combine for a couple of years and then moved to Houston um, with the Oilers and then moved to Nashville with the Titans and then moved back home, um, look after a couple of elderly parents and just continued to do some consulting work for teams and break down film, weekend warrior stuff, as we like to call it in the business. And um, just continued to do that. And, uh, as, as I lost my parents, I getting up in age and dealing with some health issues, just staying on this side of it where you can, um, break down film and, and really communicate with a lot of the fans out there is something that's really been intriguing to me and, uh, something that I've enjoyed. And as you well know, Matt, the technology's changed so much. I got into it uh, my first year was, you know, the old Betacam machines and then SVHS onto the digitized world where you can get so much of it done by film and then supplement that with the Senior Bowl, All-Star Games, Combine and whatnot. So that's that's what we try to do. Take, you, you know, provide a scouting and coaching background into some analysis of what has become just a unbelievable phenomenon that is uh, the NFL draft. But Try to bring all of it together, all the personnel sides of it. So LandryFootball.com, check us out. We think you'll love it. Yeah, and I just pulled up the site there. I go basically every day anyways. But, you know, people out there should check these out too because, like, whoever your famous teams, you know, we have the Locked On Network. We have Locked On Texans. We have Locked On Colts. Well, you have an article up for both those teams right now and many others with player grades from – 
just just explain that 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 theme right now of articles you got going. They're really impressive. Well, what we do is kind of break down the entire season for the team, give an overview one that you can check out um, for free of charge, and then it goes for our members a breakdown unit by unit, position by position. We'll break down the quarterbacks, the running backs, and then we put a grade on them. And and I know Matt, you're very familiar with it. I use. There's a numerical grade that's tied to colors, and for people who may not be aware, um, Matt and I, we've worked in places where you have these big boards, and color grades I've always liked because visually it just it attracts you to something really quickly. So blue grades are the highest grade players, reds are the next, and you can see you know, orange are the players that you need to upgrade their backup production, and, and it allows you to see immediately where a team is a little – you know, uh, lacking in depth or a little bit strong and, and the colors just jump out at you a little bit more than just a six, five or six old grade. So although those, those numerical grades come into play too. So that's how we do it. It gives you an idea. We break down what the grades mean, how the players graded out, not on reputation, right. not on what we, what they have been or what we think they might be next year, but what they were this year. I think it's really important. It's why we're doing it this way. I'm going to wrap up. As you mentioned, the Texans and the Colts, I'm getting ready to wrap up the South uh, today and uh, probably have the West done tomorrow up for everyone. And that'll be all 32 teams. And then I'll rank by position the players in the league and how they stack up. So as you go into free agency as a fan, you not only know the free agents, but, you know, where does Garoppolo you know, stack up versus Cutler and Romo and, you know, players that might be traded or released. You know, they're not free agents today, but as you know, it's a it's a uh, evolving process. So it gives you an idea of what caliber player you're getting, because so often, Matt, you get this on a lot of radio and your podcast and whatnot is my team ought to sign this guy. You know, they, it's a name that they're familiar with, <laughs> right. but they're missing something in that, you know, look at the age, look at the contracts. We try to provide all of that. And of course, it's why I think the draft is more important than ever because it is the only way to get quality players of value. Free agency is usually you're usually playing a, a Lexus Price for a for a Camry vehicle, um, and you got to be careful with that. Whereas in the draft, you get players under a rookie contract, as you well know, that uh, can be the best bargain, the best bang for your buck, so to speak. Well, let's get to the draft, and I'm really intrigued with this class, and I'm. Still very much in the process of learning. You're ahead of me, I'm sure, in draft prep. But my just my overview take of this draft is the more I learn, the more I'm impressed. And with the exception of quarterbacks, offensive linemen, and to some degree wide receivers, I'm not that blown away. But just about every other position has wow factor and depth. It, it really is. I, you know, the secondary is one of the best I've seen in a long time. There's some good impact defensive players, which which is is great. As you mentioned, I think what's a little bit different, and you know, I I equate the the mock draft world or kind of the fantasy football world of the draft, and that people look at that, and if you look at those things, which I don't pay a whole lot of attention to, you're not going to see well, not the elite quarterback. Quarterbacks go up in the draft. We'll see if somebody reaches for one of them. But we there's not that elite quarterback. You mentioned the receivers, not that elite guy there. And here's the big thing. It's been a while since we've not had that, hey, that really good plug-and-play left tackle that you yeah. that's going to go in the top five or eight. 
So you take those out, well, where do you go? I mean, you you, you start looking at guys and the best players graded in this draft um, or are going to be the, the top defensive impact players, whether it's Miles Garrett, John, Jonathan Allen, both are outstanding, and some safeties that are really good near the top of the draft. And But, but I am very curious to see a lot of people in the league are a little bit nervous. You don't normally like to take a safety that high. These safeties would normally be going in the 10 to 15 range. Some of them are going to start coming off the board, maybe as high as four, five, six, because this draft, every draft has its own personality of its own. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't make a player. I learned a long time ago, Matt, that, you know, you, you have to evaluate a player. You can't create one. And I think sometimes people get into trouble based upon need, maybe pressure from upper management, meaning owner. You have to, it kind of forces you into a direction and making you into an uncomfortable pick. But the reality is, you know, you grade players and then after you grade them, then you start to stack them. You might only have in a given year, as you know, Matt, 22, 23, 24 players with first round grades. There are going to be 32 players taken in the second <laughs> in the first round, and they may not be 30. There's very rarely, if ever, 32 first round grading players. So I think grading them is the key. And then obviously draft management comes in after that. But I think it is. I tell you, I, I, I think there's 12 to 15 players in the secondary that are going to be gone by midway through the second round. That's as deep as I've seen. And as you know, it's deep. You've been in that draft room where you like this secondary and you say, ah, we don't have to gamble. And then we don't have to take them right now. And all of a sudden, flip, flip, right, they right. start coming off the board. And it's like, boy, if we don't get one now, that great class that we were looking at in our pre-draft meetings, they're going to be off the board. Yeah, let's get into the secondary. I mean, that's what I wanted to talk about with you first. You mentioned the safeties. First, real quick answer Adams and Hooker, do you see them as clearly the top echelon? I do. I like Hooker a little bit more. I like his range better. I like his instincts better. Um, I think Adams is a little bit better in the box, uh, more of a strong safety. I think Hooker is a natural free. That's what I was going to say. Compare and contrast these two. I mean, from what I've, I'm hearing Ed Reed comparisons with Hooker, and yeah, and and I'm, you know, I remember when Ed Reed came out and knowing him back in the high school days. I liked him a bunch, and, you know, people said, man, really, at his size, and he's just got great instincts. You know, I can tell you, the coaches at Ohio State tell me that he's had over 40-plus interceptions uh, in, in, in practices. He has just got great instincts for the ball. You watch him on film. He really is like a receiver playing in the secondary. He's got, you know, he's got range. I think he has the ability to match up with tight ends and coverage. Um, he's really, really good. He's quick to read. Uh, his keys and fill the alley against the run. Uh, but, you know, he'll overrun some guys. But in this day and age where you want those safeties that can be interchangeable and can cover, um, I, I you can absolutely make a case that this guy is almost corner-like. And uh, that puts him in terms of coverage in the top five. Yeah, I wonder, would Chicago even think about him in three? I think they'd have to in this draft. I think right. it would depend upon um, if if Allen and Garrett are off the board. Knowing Foxy, I think they would probably go with Jonathan Allen or, or Garrett. I mean, whoever would be available if one of them were available. If those top two come off the board, I absolutely could see it. Uh, I mean, I think you're looking at a defensive back at that point. Um, I mean, again, you don't have the tackle. You don't have the receiver. You're reaching there. Um, I, I, I I absolutely see that uh, he could go as high as three. Okay. 
Uh, and you think Adams is a little bit closer to the, the line of scrimmage, matchup on tight ends, maybe a little better against the run, pretty well-rounded guy. Yeah, he is. I mean, I think he really does a good job covering underneath. You know, can match up against a slot. He's played both high and in the box. I think he, um, you know, he doesn't have the on-ball production and instincts that Hooker has, but that's that's saying an awful lot. But he's physical. Uh, he delivers a hit a little bit better. He breaks down against the run a little bit better. Uh, and he's he's a intangible guy that I mean he's a tone setter for the defense. He's he's a rally you know plant the sword rally around the troops type of guy. Uh, I think I think he'll be a really good player. Didn't have a great year this year. They used him in a lot of different spots at the new um, defensive coordinator there and uh, Dave Aranda. But I, I think he's he's a really good player. I wouldn't take him uh, over Hooker, but uh, I, I think he'll go pretty high. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he, he seems like a top 10 type of talent to me. In this draft, he definitely is. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I put my final grade on him, I, you know, again, I think we're not going to see as many of those. I, you know, Matt, I, I, as I'm just doing my grades now and starting to put, you know how that is, you trans, transfer your notes to grades. I, I just, the top five grades, I don't see that many guys that I normally have in the top five. I don't see as many this year. So I, I think if you're picking in the top couple and you get one of those impact defensive linemen um, or maybe one of these safeties, you're happy. But uh, outside of that, I think you're you're taking guys that normally would be 12 to 15 on your board. Those those, those same type of grady players are going to be at four and five in this draft, I think. Okay. There's three other safeties I want to bring up that are bigger name guys that I think have a lot more differing opinions. You know, they're different body types. Um, Buda Baker. Jabril Peppers, and then Malafonwu, who's kind of burst on the scene here from UConn uh, at the Senior Bowl. And he is a freak to look at where he couldn't be any more different walking in the room than Buda Baker. And Jabril Peppers is a guy that's getting Heisman conversation, but nobody's talking about him as a top 10 type of pick. Yeah, you know, Baker to me is an undersized guy. I love his speed. I think he's really good um, instinctively. To me, he he's a slot guy. I think he's got the build a little to um to Tyron Matthew kind of that type of player uh but boy he makes he a, be a lot single of high plays. guy too yeah I think he's a little bit better over the slot Matt I think okay. he can play some deep I think he's best when he's reacting underneath versus the run I think when the ball is deep that's not ideally where you want him but boy I think when you give him that when he's playing high and he comes down and he attacks against the run, and he can sift through all the trash. Boy, that that's that's him. That's him um, in spades. So I, you know, you wonder a little bit about, um, you know, staying healthy, Tyron Matthew issue. I mean, th- those are the, those are the issues there with him. But I, I think he's going to be a really really good player. Again, blitzer. Where does that? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Off the slide, blitz off the slot. You know, it's just you know. Now, where where do you take him? Now, you know, Matthew had the off the field issue. You know, at this draft, you probably need to take uh, Buddha somewhere in the mid, uh, late first round, maybe higher than you want. Peppers is intriguing. You know, highly recruited guys, you well know. He's played corner safety, some linebacker. I mean, he's just, you know, to me, I think he's a small, strong safety. I think he's got really good quickness. He's got burst through the gaps. He is really instinctive finding the football. He's probably as good as any finding the football, defending against the run. Um, he struggles 
getting off of blocks. I mean, he's definitely with his size. He's an avoid guy, so he's got to be clean. Um, I think he's got enough speed in, in coverage to play tight ends. Uh, I think the thing that he may do best is what we just talked about um, uh, with, with Baker is he is a great blitzer. I mean, he can make a living just just near the line of scrimmage and blitzing. Uh, I think he's an outstanding player, maybe late, uh, maybe late first round. We'll, again, we'll see how it all stacks up, but I think a, uh, an outstanding player. Kid from UConn. Real really quick on Peppers. You don't yes. think he's Dion Buchanan or Mark Barron, though? He's, I don't think he's as not physical big. Yeah. He's not as physical, but I think he's a better blitzer. I think he's. Okay. I don't think he can. I don't think his body can hold up to play. You know, Will Backer. That's what I kept taking wanting on guards. To see. And, right. Yeah, I just I kept wanting to see that all year long with him near the line of scrimmage. But as I look at him, listen, I I, I think he's a safety all day long. I think you keep him on the field. Um, at three downs, and I think he makes a lot of plays for you. And maybe again, he'll line up and play some if you protect him um, outside. But I just, you know, I just don't see him being able to hold that weight. Although these strength coaches amaze me today, what they can put on these the, the weight on these guys, good weight. And then lastly, Malafalu from from UConn. My hunch with him, you know, I'm late to the party, so I kind of got exposed to him at the Senior Bowl, and it sounds like he's gonna blow up the combine. You know how the ball starts rolling. It seems like he's going to be a guy with a lot of momentum from here on out. I think you hit on it. Uh, watching tape during the year, uh, you know, thought he did a, had good notes on him. But I think at this point, his his best football's ahead of him. He is a tremendous athlete. I think he's, um, I call it the Byron Jones effect. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just same school. But I, I, I just think. You're right. I see this guy having a tremendous combine and saying, boy, uh, we can make a lot out of him. And he's, listen, the tape's not bad at all. I mean, he's a good player. Not as productive as the rest. I don't think he, and I haven't had the time to spend with him. I can't wait to the combine to get a feel for his understanding of coverage. My sense is watching him, he relies on a lot of athletic ability and, and the football acumen may not be to this point, what maybe these other guys that we mentioned uh, might be. I may be wrong on that, but uh, that's the sense I get from watching tape. And I think he may be a really good, uh, really good player at the next level. I want to get a good feel for, you know, what's his capacity and willingness to learn. Uh, if it's good, I can't see him. I definitely see him as a fast riser with the combine he's likely to have. Do you think he's the type of guy that now the position coaches are more involved and they haven't been scouting all year? They look at him and say, "Maybe I can match him up on Jimmy Graham or Jordan Reed, or you know, and really get intrigued with this moldable big piece of clay." Yes, because I think you know at two, you know, he's he's at you know two eighteen, two nineteen ish, and looking at him at the Senior Bowl, I mean, I, I, this is a guy I can see being two twenty five, and if he can really explode, now this is a guy you can look at and say. Yeah, I, he can cover a flex tight end and and okay. and, uh, and and carry him down the field and be physical enough uh, to be able to not be a liability against the run of that formation. You know how that goes. People will, will flex their tight end out, run the football right on you. He's a of of these athletes. He's he's pretty. I mean, he's a good looking kid, as you know. I mean, he's he's in that you know six three and a half, six four, two twenty ish. 
Um, that's a different body. And, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, he has that basketball-looking frame that's a little bit different than these other guys. So I I think that you'll get some of these coaches that will look at him and say, I'd rather have him over anybody, provided they feel comfortable with, you know, how um, – you know, how he, you know, measures up in the meetings. Understandable. Okay, I want to move to corners, except I got a dilemma here, Chris, that I pull up a list, and there's like 15 names here. I don't want to keep you for three <laughs> hours. There's so many corners of name recognition that I've been hearing about for years. How do you sort them out? I mean, obviously, it's a great problem to have. There's a lot of teams out there that can use a corner, as always, but boy, there seems like a wealth of them this year. Yeah, there, there is, and I'm, I'm in the process of doing it. I, I love Lattimore the best in press coverage. He's really patient. Do you think he's he the consensus bear, I mean, one right now? I, for me, he is. Okay. I think he's the best corner. I think he's right there with Hooker. Um, I think it's going to be a big day for the Buckeyes because I think two members of that the secondary is going to go high. I, I think that um, – Jones out of Washington's another good one. You know, Washington secondary is, is, is really good, but his good height, but he needs to get stronger to handle press a little better. The guy that I like a lot that I think's underrated that didn't maybe have a great year, but Tredavious White of LSU, yeah. um, decent size, very, very good young man. Um, I think his best football's ahead of him. I think he's long. I think he is going to be very physical in, in press coverage. I think he's great in zone coverage. Um, I think he plays the ball well. I like his aggressiveness uh, as much as anybody. Tez Tabor can really cover. Um, you know, I like his height. He's lean. He's athletic. He's best and off. Um, you know, his teammate Quincy Wilson has got good height and bulk for the position. He's built more like a safety. Um, I, you know, for a guy that big, he needs to improve his hand usage and press. Um, you know, not as fluid because of his height, not as fluid to, in the hips, but I think a really, really good player as well. Um, either of those Florida guys, would you take either one right now over Hargraves from a year ago? I I would, I'd have, I'd probably take Tez, Tez Tabor uh, over him, just a little better size. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't take Wilson over Hargraves if they were in the same draft at corner. I think Wilson can be a really good player, but I think he's going to have to be a good um, press cover corner, and I think he can prove that hand usage, but he's a little bit more of a bigger guy. He's not as fluid as Hargraves, in my view. Is Seattle going to like Wilson? Yes. Okay. All those, you know, New sure. England, all those all those guys are going to love those guys. And then, you know, the other, uh, believe it or not, you know, the, the other uh, corner, if I'll call him that, out of Ohio State, Garen Connolly is a really good, good blend of size and speed. And, um, boy, I like him in press. And um, he's very, very fluid. Uh, he can transition uh, out of his pedal very well. So, yeah, they've got three secondary members out of the Buckeyes that, uh, to me, are likely uh, all going in the first round. Uh, so it's wow. obviously a, a really a lot of success that Urban's done a great job recruiting and developing players. Um, so those those are the guys. I like Marlon Humphrey of Alabama. Um, okay. you know, or Dory Jackson can be a good cover guy with playmaking ability. Fabian Moreau out of UCLA. Um, Jordan Lewis, the other corner. At, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about Lewis and Ki you know, you were talking Big Ten there a little bit. I wanted to ask you about Jordan Lewis and Desmond King, and they seem very different, and I guess they were childhood buddies and – 
You know, just yes. watching on Saturdays, I thought Lewis was a heck of a player. I know he's slow, he's small, and you know that's going to hurt him with so many good corners here. And then King, I, I hear some are talking. Maybe he's a safety. Maybe he's Devin McCourty type. I think he is. I think that's a good comp for him. I think he's physical. He's smart. He plays the ball well. Uh, I think he does have a lot of those qualities that McCourty has. Jordan Lewis is, to me, a nickel. Uh, I think he's really good. He's lined up outside, inside. Um, He's very fluid, good recovery uh, speed, love his ball skills, just small. I mean, he's That's his only negative, right? He's going to absolutely just going to – gonna have to deal with that and so listen he's gonna fit for some he's gonna be some people's tastes and not others but he's a good player he's gonna play and I as you know uh, nickel corners are starters in this league and I I see him I see him absolutely uh getting a getting a spot here he's probably a second round type though right I'd have a hard time I I think so I think so I think he's second I think Marlon Humphrey's a good player that's gonna be a second round pick Jackson will probably go in the second Fabian Moreau out of uh UCLA uh, is good combination of side speed, flu- fluidity there. Just uh, plays at left corner, plays press and off, patient, really good in the hips. Um, again, I, I, I think, you know, we get to the end of the second round, we're going to see, uh, I think we'll see as many as 15 guys in the secondary go. I think it's a, uh, this is to me, a secondary draft. Lastly, and I don't even need names, but a couple people that know more than I do about the draft that do it year-round have told me that don't be surprised if two, three years from now there's five, six, seven starters in the league that were third, fourth, fifth rounders from the defensive back positions in this draft. You know, There's enough depth there that some of these guys that people take in the fourth round may turn into quality starters. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, not mentioned names, but there are absolutely some players that are, listen, we just talked about the depth. I think the guys that are going to go in the first couple of rounds, to me, are early contributors. Uh, and I think we're going to see a number of these guys that uh, typically going to be third, fourth round value in this draft uh, would probably would have gone in the second round in most drafts. It's just a very deep year. And listen, it's a byproduct of the college game, the spread sets, throwing the football. We get a lot of those guys that have to match up against a lot of those receivers. That's just the way it goes. And if you were to put a chip down on one defensive back from this class being a Hall of Famer, I mean, would it be one of the Ohio State guys? Yeah, I would say Hooker. I think okay. he's got the instincts to – I don't want to jump on the, the Ed Reed because sure. that's – I hate I comparing you, people to Hall of Famers. Like, yeah, who's your mind really, Jim Brown? You know, no. Yeah, yeah, right, no, right, it's yeah. exactly – but but reality is he does play an awful lot like Ed Reed. I mean, Ed was a little undersized, instinctive – uh, at the same stage, he's got those similar qualities. Uh, I would put it on him. You know, I don't know. You know, Urban and that staff say great things about him. We don't know, and this is the toughest part, as you well know, is, you know, what's how committed is he to the game? And, you know, Ed Reed was just a brilliant worker and, you know, had a little stint last year in coaching. And that's what, if this kid can do that, there's no reason. And stay healthy, God willing, uh, he'll, he'll have a great future, I think. Absolutely. And yeah, that's great. Chris, I, this was fantastic. Um, I'm going to be at the Combine. Maybe I'll buy you a cold one down there, too. I'm going down with Steeler Radio Network. I'll certainly get in touch with you between now and then. I would definitely want to shake hands and say hello, maybe get dinner or something at some point, too. Please tell everybody else where to find you, Twitter handle, all that good stuff. This was fun. 
Great. Well, great being with you. At Landry Football is the Twitter handle. And again, LandryFootball.com is where you can access our college football, NFL information, everything from recruiting to the draft. Well, we got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. It's always great being with you. Uh, you're one of the great ones, and uh, we, we look forward to doing it again real soon. Thank you very much. And just all you out there listening, I mean, I could have easily had just as in-depth a conversation with, with Chris about free agents or the Super Bowl or NFL as it was. It's not just a draft guy. So I urge you to check him out in a big way. And that's going to do it. Uh, tomorrow will be Twitter Thursday for us here on the Locked on NFL podcast. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much.